Well, good evening and welcome to Meet the Artist Interviews. I'm your host, Charles McNeil, and I'm the Director of Education for the San Francisco Ballet. I'm very pleased to be here this evening on Friday, February 11th, 2011, and we're recording from the San Francisco War Memorial Opera House. I want to welcome all of our guests that are present, as well as those who might eventually listen online. The Meet the Artist interviews are recorded, and you might find on our website many of these interviews as podcasts. You can learn more about San Francisco Ballet, see videos, listen to these podcasts on our website at sfballet.org. Please allow me to introduce tonight's guest. Now, the San Francisco Ballet has recently hired a new technical director, and Christopher Dennis was born in Toronto, Ontario. He served as resident lighting designer and lighting coordinator at the National Ballet of Canada for 14 seasons. During that time, he created memorable and evocative lighting designs for a number of that company's productions. His lighting designs are also in the repertoire of um, theater and ballet companies around the world and film as well. He has designed lighting for, among others, American Ballet Theater, Boston Ballet, West Australian Ballet, and now San Francisco Ballet. He was assistant resident lighting designer for the Metropolitan Opera's 2009-2010 season and was just appointed technical director of San Francisco Ballet. Please welcome Christopher Dennis. Thank you. I can see you like my interview voice. It is your interview voice. I was like, yeah. who's speaking? Changed two octaves from backstage. Anyway, okay. So, so I think the position you hold is a very important one and probably little understood. Can you tell us a little bit about what a technical director does? Well, uh, well uh, the technical director, I like to just say that it's kind of like a project manager. It's the, it's the individual who looks after uh, all the technical aspects of uh, what you see on stage, from costumes to lighting, sound, scenery, props, uh, just every technical element that you see on stage, I'm responsible with the staff that I work with to ensure that the needs of the artistic department are being met by essentially being the main conduit that um, gets the information and gets it to the stage Wonderful. in a timely manner, on budget, Pretty much. Wow. Well, you mentioned a lot of different departments, and all those departments sort of filter through your department. Uh, lighting, uh, makeup, hair, wardrobe. Um, how many people work in all of those departments, in all of those areas? Well, the crew, backstage? There's, there's about 14 or 15 people who specifically uh, run each department or assist someone in a department. And then outside of those 15, depending on the nature of the show, we can have a crew of, you know, probably 30 to 40 uh, stagehands on stage working at any given time uh, from the follow spots to the soundboard to the carpentry prop. So uh, it could be a wide range of uh, people backstage working. And then, of course, there's also the people downstairs in the wardrobe department and the makeup. So, wow, that number just went up by another 10. So, you know, it could be 50 people at, just really depends on the production and, and sort of the technical needs of it. Right. Well, I think we have to really take a moment and, and appreciate the, the complexity and the importance of the role you play. I would agree. <laughs> you, you have the dance and you have the music and then 
every other aspect of the production falls under under your domain. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know when it really became clear to me how mm -hmm. important um, the what we do from a technical point of view, whether it be costumes, lights, or anything that in like basically everything we do is to, is to support the dance on stage. But I've been in situations where uh, we were doing a performance and all the lighting went out. And then we had to turn on all the work light. And I'll tell you, the whole show just took a different feel. Wow. I mean, the dancers were still performing, the musicians were still playing, but the whole atmosphere uh, that was there to help support the story and the dance just all went away. And, uh, and I really realized at that point, you know, what we do is extremely vital to the stage and, and the experience that you guys have when you come in here. In incredibly vital. So when you were a little boy, did you think I'm going to grow up and become a technical director? Uh, when I was a little boy, I thought I was going to be an architect. An architect, really? Yeah. And where did the turn... Uh, tell me about your background, a little bit about your background. Uh, in terms of my... Just your general training? Leading uh, well, you know, like I said, I wanted to be an architect and, and for a while through high school, um, I was actually participating in, in architecture um, and studying it. And, you know, in architecture, the math got really challenging, like extremely challenging. And so I uh, segued into the theater because through high school I was taking drama, and everybody in drama thinks they're an actor at some point in their drama life. And, uh, but I knew that wasn't necessarily something I wanted to do, but my passion for uh, creating and designing, I thought I could bring it into the world of theater. So I, so I actually started out studying to be a set designer. And you know, when you go to school, you decide, I'm gonna take one thing and then you end up doing something else. And so through that process, I, um, to be honest, I, I went into school because I wanted to be a set designer. And on my final year, I was assigned a, a, a project and it was a lighting design, and I was so upset. I went to the production manager, why am I doing a lighting design? I want to be a set designer. And he said, well, I think you can do this. And I, and, I, and I did it, and I had such a wonderful time. And the first lighting design I ever did was for, um, for dance. And I worked with all these beautiful girls, and I thought, okay, this, this is where I think I would like to hang out for a while. But to be honest, I, I started in design and in lighting as well, because I just, lighting for dance, is a whole different ball game. Most of you who have come here, you know sometimes it's just a complete blank stage and then the dancers come on stage. And so as a lighting designer, you're having to um, create an atmosphere in a black void. And so you really support the work differently than in opera where there's a libretto and there's stage directions and there's a set. So the, the set designer kind of dictates what it is you're gonna light. And then same with theater. Uh, but in ballet, uh, you know, and in dance, it's so abstract, it really pushes you and pushes the boundaries. And so you really, it's a different level of creativity, and I enjoy the challenge that it presents. Wonderful. Well, you've made the segue from technical director to lighting designer. Well, I actually made it from lighting designer to technical director. And so you did. And, and, and that being the case... And that being the case, it, it must be an important part of your, your life to be able to have that creative outlet as a lighting designer. Can you tell me about that? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's important to, it's really important to have that creative outlet. And I mean, I guess I'll just say, um, 
I'm extremely fortunate to be able to do what I love to do. And uh, coming here to Light Productions uh, was actually not my intention. My intention was to be a technical director. And um, part of being a technical director is understanding all the elements of what makes a production work. And lighting is a very uh, important component. But you also need to understand. So most technical directors aren't necessarily experts in every aspect of the industry, but they know enough about it. And my specialty came from lighting design. And just a little uh, background, lighting designers spend a great deal of time working uh, with the scenery to make sure it's all in the right spot so you can light the production properly. And so lighting designers make the best technical directors as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Some people would disagree with me, but I just think we spend the most, uh, lighting designers also communicate with uh, pretty much everybody. They communicate with the costume designer because of the costumes. They communicate with the set designer because of the set. And they communicate with the choreographer. And they learn the music. So they're actually involved in every aspect of the business uh, of putting on a show, probably more so than other departments are. And so that's what sort of qualifies you uh, as, a, as a TD mm -hmm. to understand all oh, the I different see. aspects. Mm -hmm. And lighting designers also uh, are under a time management kind of schedule where it's the last part of the production that actually gets put together. We'll come in the theater and we'll have four hours to put the lighting together. Whereas the set designer was hired a year ago, the costume designer was hired a year ago, and their work is much more tangible because they draw it or they build models so people can see it. But the lighting, you can't see it until we actually get into the theater. So you're trying to explain to people or choreographers, you know, well, it's going to look like this and it's going to look like that. And they can't even begin to imagine it until you get into the theater. So, I would also suspect it's very different lighting uh, full length like Giselle versus a shorter, more contemporary work. Yeah, because once again, Giselle has a story. So you want to support the story, whereas the contemporary works, it's it's kind of all about an emotion that you're trying to uh, sort of draw from, you know. Wonderful. Yeah. If, if you're just joining us, joining us, we're in conversation with the new San Francisco Ballet Technical Director, Christopher Dennis. So Christopher, you are lighting productions um, this season, and I do believe tonight on tonight's program is Yuri Posakov's Raku. So can you tell us, and this will be helpful for them, a little bit about what that ballet is about and tell us something about the lighting for that ballet. Well, um, as you'll, when you read the notes, you know, the ballet is uh, a, a very contemporary uh, based on the burning of uh, a temple and, and the characters that surround that. So um, I think it'll be, I don't want to get into too much detail because okay. I want you to really uh, absorb the, the whole production and, and I know there's notes in it there, but just know that Mm -hmm. That's kind of the gist of it. And, um, and so in this particular production, um, uh, there's the use of uh, projections, which mm. um, we had a wonderful designer named Alex Nichols who uh, put together all the scenic projections and, uh, and the actual set design. And then Mark Zappone did the costumes and then I supported with the lighting. And so from a lighting point of view, um, I was just really trying to, uh, you know, once again, support the whole production. But because the projections really help you tell the story, the important part for me as a lighting designer was to um, 
continue to maintain that, but not wash out the projections. Because I could turn on a bunch of lights and then you'd never see any of the projections. Mm -hmm. So it was really trying to um, make the whole production very seamless and very um, together. So mm -hmm. it, it looks very, um, you know, just it looks cohesive. Mm -hmm. You don't go, oh, there's the lighting or, oh, there's the projection. It's, right. it's a very collaborative feeling. But when you say productions, you're talking about the scenic productions that are not three-dimensional things that are projected onto a back screen? Well, the projection is projected onto three-dimensional objects, ah, okay. as well as a, a, a sort of screen that doesn't move. So. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, the objects move within the projection. So it really gives the space, this quality that is quite magical and mm -hmm. helps uh, the atmosphere in which the dancers will participate in. Great. I'm going to have a chance for the audience to ask questions of Mr. Dennis, our new technical director. Uh, but before we get to that, um, I, I would suspect, when I, when I was considering this topic, it's like a good cinematographer in film. If they do a really good job, you really don't notice, if it, unless it wasn't there, then you would notice. So, so it, is that frustrating to you that people don't, wouldn't really notice the lighting? No, or? no not at all. I, I don't, it's not frustrating for me. I mean, it's kind of like um, when it's a really good job, people will say, oh my God, that was so amazing, or they won't say anything. And if it's really bad, they'll say something. Right. I mean, to be honest, and you'll probably know, you'll probably think about it differently now, but light affects you every single day from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to sleep, and you realize how much and how important it is for your day to, to function with and how it supports your day. And so light just does the same thing on stage. It's just, you know, I get paid to make it look pretty and all that kind of stuff. So, right. but it's an, it's an important part of our, our day. You know, it's in hospitals, it's in this theater, and mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you walk out the door, and, and now when you go see other productions, you just may spend a little bit more time going, wow, that was really neat, because it would be one part of the production you may not have noticed. You'll know when it's good and you'll know when it's not good. Right. Like it, it'll be pretty clear. Yeah. And tonight they'll all pay extra special <laughs> attention to the lighting for Raku. <laughs> they have an assignment. Okay. So um, my next question is about touring. When you're here at the War Memorial Opera House, you've got all of your crew, everything. You're familiar with the all the things that you have at your disposal. When you're on tour. It's a whole different story. It sure is. And um, when we're on tour, I mean, the company does, um, from a technical point of view, we take a certain amount of uh, staff with us. And, um, and the staff that I'm referring to are the production staff who, um, who are familiar with our shows. So we take um, a sound individual. We take a lighting or two lighting. We take uh, carpenters. We take props. And we take makeup. So we take individuals from each department who come with us because a they know our shows they know our equipment they know our dancers and so they're they're the ones who help us maintain the same level of artistry right. and production values when we go from venue to venue and when we go to those other venues we start working with a bunch of uh, what we call local crew mm -hmm. and so I'll just send a rider and it says I need 40 guys and I need 20 prop people and, and all that. And then so the people that we bring will direct those locals to basically help us put our production together. And so, you know, 
we'll tour with a few tractor trailers of right. scenery and costumes and props and lighting. And, and I would suspect you have a whole advanced team that goes ahead of so, yeah. the full production. Yeah, and I'm part of, of that advanced team. Right. It'll be myself and the company manager who will go out to look for the things that are important for the dancers. And then I'll go out to uh, look at what's important for the company to make sure that we can actually do the production. Because sometimes there might be a venue that uh, somebody would like us to perform at. And so it's important before we go there, uh, myself and some others would go there to determine whether the, the, the uh, location will be feasible to, mm -hmm. s to accommodate uh, our entourage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And do you and you do you have to change the lighting depending on what equipment they have available? Uh, sometimes or? you do because I mean we can control everything uh, behind the curtain. What you can't control on tour is everything in front of the curtain because some venues you go to oh, don't right. have all the same lights or the lights are in different positions. So you have to uh, accommodate for the the varying degrees that you run into. Mm -hmm. But we try to do as much homework as possible, and then you know you just kind of run with it. There's always inevitably some kind of surprise that you kind of go, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, well. And then you just roll with the punches. So, Well, we've mentioned that you're, you've done the lighting for uh, one of tonight's ballets, Yuri Postakov's Raku. Are you lighting any others this season? Uh, I'll be lighting uh, Helgi Thomason's Trio, his new work. Oh, can you tell us about Trio? No. 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 Can you? <laughs> I can tell you that it'll you be an exciting ballet. It'll be an exciting ballet. It's uh, the same creative team that put together Yuri Posikov's. Uh, so the exercise uh, I think that you'll enjoy is here's uh, three of the same individuals who creatively put together something for Yuri Posikov, and mm -hmm. this, us, the same three individuals would be putting something together for Helgi, and and how how we just shifted gears based on the music, the choreography, and and all that stuff. So when you're working on a Helgi Thomason ballet, like a new ballet like Trio, are you like sworn to secrecy or just between you and I? Can you tell me any secret? No, about I'm not that? sworn to secrecy. I just, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give away anything. Oh. And I'm still in the creative process myself in my head. So I would just rather you get your tickets and come check it out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was trying to get a secret. You know, I'm not trying to be like, you, like I'm not going to tell you anything. I mean, I, it's going to be a beautiful ballet and, you know. Last question before I turn it over to the audience. You've made a big move uh, after 14 seasons. You had a stint at uh, Met, the Met, and now you're here in San Francisco. Why San Francisco? Why now? And how are you adjusting? Oh, well, that's a bit of a personal question, I think, but I'll answer it anyhow. Okay. Um, I mean, San Francisco is a wonderful city, as you know, because all of you live here, or at least in the Bay Area. And uh, coming here wasn't quite a huge step for me because prior to me being here, I was here on two different occasions. I was here during the 75th anniversary with the National Ballet of Canada. And some years ago, I designed a, a premiere by a choreographer named uh, Matash Smirjewski, who did a piece called Concordia. So he was commissioned by Helgi, and Matt invited me to come and design his work. So that was my first time here, and that was like in 2006. So coming to the San Francisco Ballet, I kind of knew what I was getting into mm -hmm. uh, from that perspective. But, you know, after being somewhere uh, for a long time, uh, especially creatively, you know, you get a little stagnant, you get a little complacent, 
you know, you take shortcuts in your day and in your work, and it was just an opportunity presented itself, and it was an opportunity for growth, which was the most important part. And, uh, you know, I said to my wife, how do you feel about earthquakes and the West Coast and, you know, nice weather and all those things that California is known for? And she was like, hey, let's go. So, so we're, we're not all here yet, but we're getting here, so... Okay, well, I, I think we've all had a little more insight into the, the role of the technical director in a production, and I want to give the audience a chance to ask a question or two. I see the gentleman right here. So the question is, tell us about the technical controls for the productions. Is it all computerized or is it run manually or? It, it is all computerized. I mean, years ago there would have been a number of people who were operating the lighting to make it all happen. But now the, all, all the lighting is uh, programmed on a computer and, um, and then all backed up and saved. And then the, the operation of it is quite simple. I mean, the stage manager will call the cues and there's a little button on the lighting console that says go, and the operator has their finger on the go button, and they're just waiting to hear the word go, and they just press that button and press that button. But there's a bit of an art to it because it's from the stage manager's mouth to the ears to the hand, so it's all, I mean, sometimes a, a late go can just, you know, I, I won't derail the production, but it could shift the timing, but the people who work here are so fabulous that we never Good have question. those issues. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, how much direction do you get from the choreographer to uh, do the lighting? I mean, how much are you getting instructions? I want this kind of lighting or Great. is it more you deciding? Great. Good question. It's about the relationship between the lighting designer and the choreographer. Do you get a lot of direction or sometimes do they have no idea what they really want? And, and what's that relationship? How do you negotiate that? Uh, well, some choreographers are very, very visual, and so they know exactly what they want in terms of um, what they think they'd like it to see, uh, what they'd like to see. And then some choreographers, um, they know what they want to see, but they don't know how to articulate it. And so as a designer, uh, once I, I ask a lot of questions, and I write down almost everything that they say, if they say, well, I was thinking of something blue, blue goes down. I was thinking of something hot and sexy, hot and sexy goes down. Like whatever it is, they're just, I just need words. And, and the words kind of start to help me uh, understand their vocabulary. So what's important between the relationship between a, a choreographer and any designer is understanding the vocabulary. Because some choreographers will say, you know, uh, I need more, I need more sheen or I need more... You know, it's not striking enough, and you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? And so you need to understand and develop the language. So sometimes I like to spend a lot of time in rehearsal because choreographers say things about a particular movement and they call it something, yeah. and 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 it could be like, you know, they're they're doing something really simple, but they give it the strangest name, and then at least I can say, you know, when you do that thing called the hop and skip, even though it's something more beautiful than that. At least we're developing the same language. Mm -hmm. And then the other way to communicate with designer, with choreographers, um, I like to collect art books. So sometimes they'll say things that they're thinking about, and then I'll actually do research and use paintings and, and different kinds of architecture 
and say, based on what you talked about and based on what I feel, here's a picture that I think describes what we're talking about. And they'll go, oh my God, that's right. Or sort of, or, you know, so you have to bring a lot of visual aid to the table so it helps them kind of help picture. Because once again, lighting is one of those things that is so abstract, it doesn't happen until the last part of the process. Right. So. Any other questions for technical director, Mr. Dennis? Let's, I see one way back here on the aisle. Good question. Do you do a mock-up or a model of the set before you uh, to practice lighting or to s sort of strategically plan things? Yeah, um, some set designers will actually create a maquette uh, in a scale that we can work with, and usually the maquette is created more so for the the choreographer, so the choreographer and the set designer can talk about how they want to manipulate things, where things can go on the stage. So it starts to help. Uh, in their creative process. And then from a lighting point of view with the maquette, it allows us to uh, look at things from a lighting point of view. But because the maquette is just something small, I mean, some designers or some choreographers will have the maquette and they'll go, oh, wouldn't it be great if, and they'll have a light in their hand, like a little mag light or just something, and they'll go, wouldn't it be great if the light was here and it did this? And it looks great on the model, but in reality, I just can't put a light in the middle of space and <laughs> just put it the way they... So I need to think about it a little differently. But it's a great tool that helps us all start to visualize. And with computers, there's so much uh, 3D and rendering. That's another tool that we can use to uh, start to portray what lighting looks like. I tend to not go that way. I, I think it takes away from the artistry, but there's a lot of good use for that kind of technology. Okay. Did you have a question? That was your question. I <laughs> a question over here. Good, yes. Oh. Good question. So uh, a lighting designer designs the lighting for a particular ballet. Do you own that? Is that intellectual property? Or can someone steal that lighting design? Well, he didn't actually go that far. Well, but, I'm, I, but, I know. Yeah. I took it know somebody next, could steal the work on the stage. <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the first things that I learned was that professionals steal amateurs borrow. So uh, professionals steal, steal and amateurs borrow. borrow. So mm. uh, some people say there are no new ideas on stage, but there's a lot of wonderful ideas. And for me as a designer, I sit there and I'll go see as much work as possible. And I'll see someone else's design and go, oh my God, that was so cool. I'm gonna steal that idea for my next show. But you would only use it if it really applied to the show. You wouldn't do it just because it looked cool. You wanted to make sure that it, it supported the piece. So, yeah. so sometimes when you see something on stage, there are some people go, oh yeah, I saw that in Lion King. They did that in Lion King. They just, <laughs> or you know what I mean? So, but uh, to be a little bit more sort of um, professional about it, there are uh, contracts that protect designers from um, their, their, um, their work being abused or stolen. I mean, anything that we do here, if somebody else wanted a Helgi Thomas in ballet, he would have to give permission. And then once he gave permission, then permission would have to be granted by the creative team for the rights and then they would negotiate a price and then 
those designers would travel to whatever city the piece was going to be recreated and do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So, so there is protection. Nobody can just literally just rip off your. Well, they could, but nobody would really know. Yeah, they'd have to memorize know. it. Well, in in a weird way. So, that was the. Uh, We're at the end. <laughs> I in you know I'm just reminded as we wrap up here and in, in school when you borrow someone's work they call it cheating and in the theater we call it collaboration uh, so but it certainly takes a team to make a production like we have yeah and yeah. you're gonna have a wonderful experience tonight seeing the world premiere of uh, Yuri Posikov's Raku and and the other two pieces on the program I want to thank you all for for listening and I want to thank Christopher Dennis our new technical director for being here thank and you. enjoy the show thanks Thank you.